0: Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I'm your host, Al D. This is a show designed for aspiring current and former MBAs looking for advice on how you can grow your career through an MBA degree. During each episode, I'll talk to MBA students, graduates and leaders about the MBA experience, navigating the workplace and career development, so you can learn how to develop and achieve your own version of career success through an MBA and beyond. Hey everyone, welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D. I'm the host of the MBA Insider Podcast. And on this episode today, I had the pleasure of interviewing Janine Lee. Janine is a global strategy and operations learning and development leader at Google, and she's also an alum of the Haas School of Business. I was drawn to bring Janine on the podcast because in addition to her day job, uh, she's also a career and executive coach. She is a lecturer across two business schools, uh, and she's actually studying for her doctorate. I always love being able to talk to people who have found ways to fuel curiosities into opportunities after they've graduated from business school. And as I often tell people, business school is not when you stop learning, uh, it's actually just the beginning. Uh, enjoy this conversation with Janine, and I think you will too. So make sure to listen in. Hi, Janine. It's so great to have you here today. I always love starting with a warm up question before we jump into things. And so my warm up question for you is, what was your first job and what did you learn from that experience?
1: Sure, I'm happy to answer that and thank you so much for having me today. So I grew up in Oakland, California and my first job was working in retail at The Gap. So from that job, I learned a lot of basic work fundamentals like being on time, how to deliver excellent customer service and communicating with your manager and your team. But what I really enjoyed most and what I really learned the most was probably from my coworkers. So, just as some background, I grew up attending a very small private school with a graduating class of about 40 students, all of which were Asian. And this was actually my first experience working with such a diverse team. So, my coworkers were from all different backgrounds and all walks of life. And I really appreciated the diversity in their perspectives learning more about how people think differently and navigating these different viewpoints in a work environment to be a collective team. So embracing that diversity, I was able to take that with me into future corporate jobs.
0: Such an important lesson to, to learn, I guess, for your, your first job and your first foray into, into employment. Okay, so you've certainly learned a lot since that first job. And before we jump into business school, what, what were you doing maybe prior to going to business school? And Why did you choose to pursue an an MBA and further your career and further your own kind of professional development and growth?
1: Yeah, excellent question. So I was working at PG&E, which is Pacific Gas and Electric Company, which is the utility company here in Northern California. And I was a manager leading process improvement. And I always knew I wanted to go to grad school, but at the time I didn't know what kind of degree I wanted. So I had leaders and mentors who I admired and I noticed that they all had one thing in common, which is that they all had their MBAs. And so after speaking with some of my mentors about their MBA experience and learning about what they gained, I knew immediately it was something that I wanted to explore. And so ultimately I decided to pursue my MBA for three reasons. The first one was really learning fundamental business acumen. So my number one strength in finder is learner. And having that wide business acumen, especially in areas that I didn't know as well, like finance and accounting, really gives you the broader ecosystem of how a business or a corporation works. And you really need to see that bigger picture in order to be a strategic thinker. The second reason was I knew that I wanted to change industries. So I wasn't particularly passionate about the utility and energy space, but I hadn't worked in any other industry at that point. And through my MBA experience, I was able to live vicariously through other students during class discussions and getting to know them and about their respective industries. And lastly, I really wanted to network. So building my network outside of my industry and company to grow and advance my career because I hadn't worked anywhere else. And Haas um, in particular has such a strong network of alumni, faculty, and really accomplished classmates.
0: Those are all really laudable reasons for wanting to pursue an MBA and really further your professional growth, both in terms of the learning that you're getting, but also the exposure to people and ideas and concepts of uh, different backgrounds. So can you talk a little bit about the experience and, and maybe to talk about it, I would frame it up as if you think back and reflect back to it, what were some of the most impactful moments of being in business school at Haas?
1: Yeah, so I shared what I was hoping to gain and I gained all of those things and much, much more. I mean... The academics, the networking, the relationships, the business acumen has just really scratched the surface of my experience. What I really learned and what I thought was most impactful was learning about myself as a leader and what type of leader I specifically wanted to be. So in my last year of the program, I took a life-changing trip to South Africa as part of our seminar and international business course. And that really changed my life. So during that course, I learned about the history of South Africa, apartheid, and the social context of doing business in South Africa. And I also learned about the spirit of Ubuntu. And if you don't know what Ubuntu is, it's an ancient African word meaning humanity to others. And it's often described as reminding us that I am what I am because of who we all are. And so the program really transformed me to lead with compassion and empathy. And it gave me perspective as I graduated that I really wanted to focus my life more on driving racial equity and uplifting others.
0: I, I love the reflections on in your experience and, and specifically that trip. I just would be curious. You, you mentioned that that experience in particular really helped you informed and think about your own style of leadership. Could you maybe just talk a little bit more about that or share a little bit more of how that translates even into how you lead?
1: Sure. I think really through that experience, it really taught me a lot about servant leadership. So really the purpose of serving others first as a leader and so a lot of my leadership style is attributed to servant leadership, in particular to Nelson Mandela, who dedicated his life to ending apartheid. And he really is the role model of servant leadership with the selflessness, leading with empathy and really striving to drive peace.
0: I like that a lot. And there's so much to learn from a someone like Mandela. OK, so maybe Uh, One more question here. So I know that that trip in South Africa and what you did there was a, a really formative experience that you had in business school. But just reflecting back perhaps a little bit about your experience, what would you say were maybe some other important lessons that you learned at Haas that have helped you as you've navigated through the workplace in your career since then?
1: Yeah. So outside of the international business trip, one of the courses that we took was an entrepreneurship class. And we got together as a team to develop a fictitious business as a team project. And honestly, it felt really like real life with lots of emotions where classmates got together, came up with a concept and had to pitch the actual concept to real life angel investors. And so in that course, I learned how It might be working with different personalities and particularly those with strong opinions and what it takes to actually come together as a cohesive team. So everyone ultimately wanted to be the leader or to be the lead. And it's really challenging when there's no clear direction. And so as a leader, you need to learn when to lead and when to step back and let others take the lead. And what I learned in this experience in this entrepreneurship class is, there's enough pie to go around and everyone can lead but in different areas and you definitely need to leverage the strengths of one another to be successful.
0: Yeah, I can see that being applicable in so many ways both in terms of entrepreneurship but also in terms of working within the context of an organization and in particular lar- you know larger organizations which I think you've been a part of and I guess on that I'd love to know now you know what what do you do now what's your role and also perhaps how has an MBA kind of helped you as you've navigated into the, the role that you're in right now?
1: So I was able to make the pivot from utility to tech. And so I transitioned from PG&E to Google. And I first came in to Google as a program manager focused on systems and tools. But my current role is leading learning and development strategy for a specific vertical within Google. And my MBA really helped me transition to industries and make that pivot. And while I was going through the interview process, I also had a network of Haas alum and classmates who were Googlers that helped me through the interview process.
0: I could definitely see that being super valuable. And I guess maybe for a second, I mean, you know, Google is certainly a, a, a large company and just kind of reflecting on what you mentioned previously about the importance of servant leadership, but also knowing when to lead. Do you see that? being a part of the the role that you're in now in terms of working in a large organization, working in a diverse and global organization. How do you see some of those lessons that you picked up uh, from your time in business school playing out into the work that you do?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think at Google and at other companies, there's often maybe a misperception that you have to be a people manager to be a leader or to lead. And I've played in both individual contributor roles and people manager roles at Google. And what I've learned is leadership is really what you make of it. So you don't need to be a people manager to be a leader. And a lot of that was translated, as I mentioned, in some of my MBA projects, where maybe necessarily there wasn't a lead or there was a lead determined. You can always be a leader in your respective role. It's really what you make of it.
0: That's such a great point. And I even kind of reflect back on my own MBA experience. And one of my favorite classes and most valuable classes that I took was a class called Leading from the Middle and the class was really all about how do you lead and how do you drive an impact when you aren't in charge right when you don't necessarily have formal authority you still have an opportunity to have a voice to have a say and how to use the tools that you have uh, in order to influence and drive impactful change that moves people forward and because uh, i think the reality of it is is that for the majority of people who graduate from business school at least in that first role right out of business school they're not going to necessarily be in charge, right? So what I also wanted to ask you about is you're involved in a lot of other things <laughs> outside of just working in your day job at Google. You're a career and executive coach, you're a speaker, you're an instructor. Uh, could you talk a little bit about how you got plugged into some of these things and, and what the motivation was for getting engaged in all of them on top of having certainly a demanding and interesting day job?
1: Sure. So as I mentioned, the international course that I took was really the pivotal moment for me. And when I came back from South Africa, I really asked myself, what's next for me in my leadership journey? And what do I really want to leave behind in this world? And so I asked my professor, what's the next step? Is there a part two of this transformation? And he actually recommended that I pursue my executive coaching certification. Mm -hmm. And so I did that immediately right after I graduated in 2014 and continued that journey, learned again more about myself as a leader, how to coach upwards, across, and to even self-coach. And that really shaped my journey from there. As 2015 approached, I was invited to apply as part of the faculty team as an assistant lecturer for the South Africa course as someone who was familiar with the program and so I was accepted for the role, and I've gone to South Africa for the last eight years since then as part of the faculty team. And it was really a springboard for me. So I applied for other lecturer roles. At some point, I was scouted on LinkedIn to apply to be an adjunct professor for Santa Clara University's School of Business MBA program in business communications. I also saw other roles in the Berkeley Center of Executive Ed, and it just really spearheaded this new path um, outside of work, which was really around helping and developing other people.
0: Hey there, it's Al, and thanks so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. I wanted to take a quick break to ask you a small favor. I'm loving doing this show, and I hope you're enjoying it too. Unfortunately, it's still pretty hard to spread the word on podcasts, and that's where I would really love your help. If you're enjoying this episode, I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes to leave a review and rate this podcast on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Or simply share it on social media or send it to a friend. I'm incredibly grateful for your support. Thank you, and let's get back to the show. I can see that definitely being a theme in the work that you do from your New Year's Day job as well as to, again, being a coach and being a speaker and instructor. I'd just be curious to know it, what motivates you to do all this right because I mean, being good at it and being in a really demanding day job is is in and of it of itself like a, a a huge commitment. But what really drives you to also partake in some of these other things, even outside of just what you do each and every day?
1: Wow, that's a great question. I actually get asked that question a lot, and really, it's because I find it rewarding. Like, it doesn't feel like work to me. It's something I'm super mm-hmm. passionate about. They always say, "Do what you love, and you'll love what you do." And just seeing the transformation with the students that go through the International Immersion Program, the transformation from clients that go through coaching, and seeing this change happen live for helping Mm -hmm. people really reach their full potential is just so rewarding for me that it really, again, doesn't feel like work. And it's something that I'm super passionate about.
0: So it's kind of interesting in the sense that you work in learning and development, which you're, a lot of times you're helping people inside of organizations build the skills to grow and make an impact. Uh, you're certainly also a career coach and executive coach, and so you're talking with people about careers. I'd be curious to know, as you've progressed and evolved and grown in your career, how has your own definition of career growth changed or evolved as well?
1: Uh, excellent question. So I think when you're younger, you feel like you're climbing like the corporate ladder. So you look for that immediate path. Like what's the next pay increase? What's the next promotion? How do you continue climbing and climbing? And I think a lot of people straight out of grad school have that mentality. But as I've progressed and grown my career, it's really not just about your title or the next promotion or the next pay increase. You can actually be growing and learning more than you ever have in your life by moving laterally or in the same role and taking on additional responsibility. So for me, career growth is anytime I'm learning something new every single day or sharpening an existing skill set, such as getting more scope, advancing projects. And most importantly to me, career growth is feeling that the role and the job that you have has a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose. And so for me, Ultimately, as I've transitioned and, and grown in my career, I've looked, like I said, beyond Google, beyond my title, beyond scope, and just looking at creating those opportunities where I feel that I have that sense of meaning and that passion.
0: So speaking of growth and learning, I think you're you're not done learning. So I think you're also studying to get a PhD. Could you talk a little bit more just about? What the what inspired you to do that and how that experience has been?
1: Sure. So first, I will just clarify that I'm getting an EDD, which is slightly different and not as widely publicized. PhD is usually the more common term. It's a doctorate of philosophy. The EDD is a doctorate in education. So I'm currently at USC in the Organizational Change Leadership Program. getting my doctorate in education which was really perfect for me when i read the description with what i do currently at work and outside of work and during the pandemic i felt like i had become a little stagnant in my growth and learning so during that time i took a certification program to become certified as a leadership architect which is focused on competency modeling And then that thirst for learning was just reinvigorated. After I got that certification, I was like, what's next? Is there another certification? Or should I go back to school? And this program stood out to me because of its focus on organizational development, learning, change, and leadership. And so as I researched the program, I became more and more drawn in. And the three reasons that I decided to move forward with the EDD One was really that academic research and learning. So really focusing on case studies, academic research and driving and spearheading transformational programs. And the second was advancing my personal career aspirations. So I, at some point want to author a book, I want to do a Ted talk. And I really felt personally that this was a challenge for me to get the highest uh, level of education. And lastly, I'd say credibility was another big piece. So less than 2% of the population has their doctorate and it was really aspirational for me. And I hate to say this, but sometimes as an Asian American woman, you look young and there's a lot of biases in the workplace. And I, I constantly feel this, like you need to prove yourself piece, but I feel like that credibility of getting your doctorate and that highest degree of education and being Dr. Janine Lee is perceived differently than just being Janine Lee.
0: One of the things I loved about your story and why I was excited to bring you on the podcast is because the reality for, I believe, all MBA grads is that business school isn't the last when you stop learning. Uh, If anything, it's just the beginning of Uh, being able to learn in a different way. And so what I really appreciate about your story is that you've continued to find ways to learn and grow and develop yourself uh, in terms of in the workplace, but also outside of it. And even more tactically in terms of getting... Uh, another degree and pursuing even further uh, learning and whatnot. And so I think it's it's been great. It's been great you've been able to bring that to life for yourself. Okay, so now we're at the speed round. And so I got a couple questions that I like to ask each guest. And so my first question for you, what does career success mean to you?
1: So that's getting up, um, excited to go to work every day and having a fulfilling career that you love with opportunities for growth. While being financially sustainable,
0: what's one piece of career advice that was so good that you have to share it with others?
1: So it's hard to pick one. So I'm going to kind of mishmash a, a couple pieces of career advice. So one is focusing on interchangeable skill sets. So thinking about the skill sets that you have and how they might be interchangeable to other roles and in other industries. So, for example, project management, communications. There's a range of skill sets that could be pivoted and leveraged as you're continuing to refine and think about your career. But also at the same time, you need to have some form of specialization. So thinking about what's your major and or what's your minor, so you have something to fall back on. So what is it that you really specialize in, but then also what are the interchangeable skill sets that you have to make you really well-rounded in comparison to other candidates?
0: That's great. Well. Janine Lee, thank you so much for coming on the MBA Insider Podcast. Uh, My last question for you, if people want to learn more about you or what you do, or go find more information, um, where can they find you or where should we direct them towards?
1: They can go to JanineLee.com or they can go to my LinkedIn, which is LinkedIn.com slash in slash Janine Lee.
0: Hi, everyone, LD here, and thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.